Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm super excited that you're here with us today. Every week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Before we get to our guest today, I want to thank our first sponsor for the show, and that is Lily Jade. Lily Jade is a mom-created company. A mom saw a problem, and so she figured out a way to fix it. And I love that. When Megan Wood's oldest daughter, Caroline, was born, Megan found herself at odds with the endless parade of unstylish, impractical diaper bags. They were pretty, but exorbitantly priced and not functional. Or they were affordable, but disposable. Or functional, but just ugly. Things got so frustrating that she even found herself carrying a soft-sided cooler, uh, which is hilarious. But finally, in frustration, she sketched every mom's dream, the perfect diaper bag. Lily Jade bags are made with 100% premium leather. You can literally smell it when you open your box. Many of their styles also convert to backpacks, which is great for mamas to have your hands free when you're dealing with your babies. Every Lily Jade bag comes with a removable, washable, multi-pocket insert. If you've ever had a bottle spill in your bag, you understand why this is so important. And that multi-pocket insert, it's really like 14 pockets your life can finally achieve some organization. And then you can just take the insert out, hand it off to daycare or to grandma, and then you have a beautiful bag for you. I have a Lily Jade bag that I adore and love, and I do not need a diaper bag, but I use it for a computer bag. So thank you, Lily Jade, for sponsoring the happy hour today. Guys, you are listening to episode number 112, and my guest is Tara Lee Cobble. Tara Lee is a woman who is passionate about loving God's word and helping others love his word as well. She's the founder and leader of D Group, which is a nationwide network of discipleship groups. She tells me all about how D Group started, what it is, what it means to her. And guys, this was my first time to ever meet Tara Lee, and I am a huge fan. I fell in love with her so much. I loved our conversation. It was so much fun to have her on the show. We talked a lot about her journey towards truly loving God's word and where it became literally food for her day. We talked about being single and what it actually means when we say that God is faithful. I love when we talk about what it means when God is faithful. I also love hearing about one of her favorite things, and I may or may have not have gone and bought myself one immediately after she told me about it. Guys, if you want to send us a message about anything from the show, we'd love to hear from you. Before we get to the show with Tara Lee, I have a favor to ask you. Would you be willing to share about the show on your social media, whether that's Facebook or Twitter or my favorite place, Instagram? Maybe take a picture of your favorite episode or even better, take a picture of what you're doing while you're listening and then tag the happy hour with Jamie Ivy um, and let your friends know where they can listen. It is super easy to share. You just go to jamieivy.com slash iTunes. Okay, guys, here is my conversation with Tara Lee Cobble. Hello. Hi. How are you today? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing great too. I'm glad to hear your voice. This is so fun to have you on because um, our mutual friend and one of your great friends in the entire world, Lauren Chandler, uh-huh. told me forever ago, you need <laughs> to have this friend of mine on the show. And so <laughs> it's fun to actually have you here. Well, I'm glad to be here. She has <laughs> spoken so highly of you and, and told me the same thing. She uh-huh. told me. You've got to meet Jamie. She's so great. I love I was, what she's doing. I was just around Lauren recently. Yeah. Uh, like last last weekend, right? Yeah. We had a little happy hour on the road in Fort Worth, and she was one of my guests. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
we could talk for hours about how much we love her, but she's just one of my favorite people. <laughs> she is wonderful. I, um, I was with her last night and, um, she's just, every time I'm around her, I just feel built up, lifted up. She's right. Great. That's exactly how yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. And it's sincere. Like, it's not like you feel like she is trying to just be something because it would be a nice thing to do. Like, it's really who she is. Oh, absolutely. And that was honestly, when I moved in with them, that was one of the things that I was like, am I going to just be devastated that this woman is not what I <laughs> like when you see somebody life on life, you're like, it's, there's a possibility that the illusion that you have of them is going to be just destroyed. Oh, for sure. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's the same. Like she's consistent. That's like one of the, I think that would be one of the biggest compliments anyone can say about someone is that they're the same in front of people and behind closed doors. I know. I lived with them for like two and a half years and I was like, no, you're just still, you're just, it's, you're consistent. Okay. So you lived with the Chandlers, Matt and Lauren Chandler. Uh I did. For two and a half years. But you Uh said, did you know them beforehand? Because it sounded like you didn't know them very well when you moved in. I I did know them, but I knew them at a distance. Okay. So so how did that, tell me how that kind of came together. Uh, so, <laughs> um, like it's just the kindness of the Lord because I had, I'd been living in New York city and I was at Tim Keller's church, just attending the church, had great theology. All those things were incredible. But I was traveling a lot and didn't have church on the road. So somebody told me to listen to Matt's podcast. Mm-hmm. I, my world shifted when I started listening to Matt's podcast and I decided I wanted to listen to everything he'd ever said. Okay. Like I want to listen through his entire catalog uh-huh. because it was like, I'd heard the gospel for it just came to life. Like yeah. what was black and white became color. So, um, I started listening to his podcast. Well, I'm, you know, a, like a few months into listening to him and I get an email from Lauren Chandler, whom I knew then uh, in my mind, because I'd been listening to his podcast, but y'all never met. We had never met. I get an email from her that she has read one of my books. And she says in, in the email, like, hey, I know that you tour a lot in Texas. If you're ever on tour in Texas, I'd love to take you to coffee. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I legit booked a tour to Texas. I didn't tell her this at the time. I was like, I think I'm going to be there in like August. Right. <laughs> and I immediately started booking a tour to Texas. That is crazy. To meet Lauren Chandler. And um, so I came, we had coffee, we hit it off. Or no, we were going to have coffee. And she was like, do you want to come to the house for dinner instead? And I was like, sure. So we had dinner, we hit it off. And then they were like, hey, what are you doing for dinner tomorrow night? You want to come over again? I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. So I went to dinner again with them. We just built a friendship over the distance. Whenever I, anytime I was on tour in Texas, I would stay with them. And... um, they were phenomenal help to me when my sister got brain cancer because Matt had walked through all of that before. Mm. So we just built a friendship long term and then, uh, or long distance. And then um, when they moved into their new house, Lauren emailed me and she said, Hey, we've known you for a long time and you've always said you wanted to move to Texas someday, but you're still not here. We have an extra room. Like, come live with us. And I was like, You're me? in New York City <laughs> doing your thing. Well, at the t- I had since moved to South Carolina. Okay. Um, okay. So I move around a lot, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I was in South Carolina and, um, I had been, Jamie, it was just unbelievable how the Lord orchestrated it all because I had been praying for authority in my life because I'm single. 
Um, I'm my own boss. I'm not on staff at a church. I was at a mega church where I wasn't super connected with the pastoral staff. Mm-hmm. But I had, I was, then I, this ministry that I had started was exploding and I was terrified that I was going to do something that would ruin it. Oh, so you had already started D groups. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I had started D groups and I was, it was growing and growing. And I was like, oh man, this was not the, this was not the plan. My plan was <laughs> me and a couple of women studying the Bible every right. week. That was it. I didn't, I didn't know it was going to like, you know, be on four continents someday. So I was like, I, this is a responsibility. I need people, I need people's eyes on my ministry, but also on my life. And so I started praying that God would bring authority into my life. Somebody just a covering because it was so scary to not have that covering. Mm. And my thought was, oh, cool. This is a secret way to trick God into getting me married. Like, right. <laughs> gonna, God, I want authority and right. make that be a husband. Exactly. Um, and then God was like, I have a better idea uh, of how to answer this prayer. And he said, how about I move you in with like a family, right? A family and a man and a woman that you have so much respect for mm-hmm. whose teachings and lives have changed yours. And they're going to watch your life and they're going to speak into it. And they're going to help you develop this ministry. And I was like, okay, that's a great idea. What you a know? gracious God. <laughs> right. It's, it was just the best. And I mean, it, both Matt and Lauren are so, I could not have chosen two better people to, to get to live with, watch their lives, watch their marriage, watch their ministries. It was just the greatest gift. So I, I, I always am intrigued when mm-hmm. families have people live with them. Uh-huh. Um, I have several friends that have done that, and they literally speak of it as if it is this huge missing piece to their family, and they are so <laughs> fulfilled when they have um, either like a single person or a young married couple living with mm-hmm. them. Um, what do you think that is? So I I can't speak to any fulfillment that I brought to their lives. <laughs> We'll ask them later to chime in. But for you, what, I mean, what did that do for you? I, it's, so as a single person, one of the hard things is I I actually don't struggle a whole lot with the lack of a spouse. What I struggle with a lot is that the things that are singleness adjacent. So that means as a single person, my life is constantly changing. My friends will I may have really deep friendships and then they start dating somebody and then I don't see them again mm-hmm. for a long time. Or when I do, it's very, it, it's just different. It changes, right. Right. Or you have married friends and you're, you have these really deep friendships and then they have kids and they only then want to hang out with their friends who have kids. Uh-huh. And so everything is always in flux for a single person, uh, for most single, per- or at least for me, I can't speak for every single person everywhere, but for me, my whole life has been in flux. And so that's a lot of why I've moved around a lot is um, because I, the, the communities that I've been a part of have just shifted. You know, people will move away. And then all of a sudden, what I once had in this great community and these rich relationships just completely deteriorate. Yeah. So for me, the the constancy, I don't know if that's even a word or not. but We the, can make it the, one. I make, I make up words all the time, so you just go for it. <laughs> the, that, whatever that is, was so helpful. It was so encouraging. You, I had these people around me who were just planted in. They were, they were rooted in to each other. And so then when they invite me into that, it was the most comforting 
thing. I, I felt so fed and so encouraged by the way that they were built into each other and the way that they like attached me to that as well. Um, because I feel like most of my adult life has been, my friendships are like you plant, 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 you tend, you water, and then uh, you harvest and then you're left with an empty field again. And you're like, Mm. Oh, cool. Well now I have to start over. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was incredible to watch their marriage. Um, was super encouraging to me. It basically, I told them a few months in, like I'd been living with them maybe three or four months and I just kind of was sitting, we were watching TV in the living room one night after the kids had gone to bed. And I was like, you guys, I think are going to ensure that I never get married because I have such high expectations Uh, of what a relationship mm -hmm. looks like that. And I have to remember, I have to remind myself, you guys are like 12 years deep in this. Right. That this is not what it always looks like from the beginning. Exactly. <laughs> but I just have this high expectation now of how beautifully you love each other. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's how it has always been. They're like, it's not, it took some work. <laughs> They're like, we have earned this. We've worked really hard at this. <laughs> exactly. So it's, um, but I mean, pretty early on, I wanted to make every use of the Lord's answer to that prayer with them of just, um, I wanted, I wanted them to speak into every area of my life. So I told Matt, Hey, if, if some guy asked me out, can he have to ask you before I can go out with him? Mm -hmm. I wanted them to have just leverage in every, I wanted the authority that I'd prayed for to be a reality in every aspect. So I said, anything you see that I'm doing wrong or any area that you think I'm walking in folly, just speak into that. Mm -hmm. You have that. That's your space. That takes a lot of Um, I keep thinking of the right word of what it takes a lot of for you to have the maturity to say that, but I keep coming back to humility. Like it takes a lot of humility for you to say, I'm willing to be called out. Mm. Um, and humility doesn't seem to match up, but that's all that keeps coming to my head is that you're saying, (laughs) Hey, I know I'm like running this ministry and I'm I'm like, everything's like blowing up and it's going faster and all these things are happening. But I want to have the humility to say that I invite you in, um, to call me out on things that you might see. And that's just, it's a really great thing. And I was thinking when you said you prayed for authority in your life, and I'm thinking, man, that is so scary. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel as though I've, I have authority in my life, but as mm-hmm. I listen to you talk about it, when you're like, man, here I am, I'm running ministry. I don't have a husband. I'm not connected to the church. You could have felt like I just have no one that I'm responsible to, you know? Right. And that and- can sometimes be a scary place. Although, people think that that's a freedom place. So tell mm-hmm. me, why was that not freedom for you? Because some people are listening and they're like, oh, if I only could get rid of all my authority. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It, like, why was that not freedom for you? Yeah, it sounds like a dream world. of kind of like, I do what I want, you know? But here's what I learned um, about myself. And my dad had kind of warned me about this when prior to D group being my full-time job, I, all I ever did was I traveled the world and, and, I led worship, I did concerts, I spoke at events. So I was mostly as an independent artist traveling alone. Mm -hmm. I don't have a team of people with me. Mm -hmm. So that means I decide what time I'm getting up and going to bed. I decide what I'm eating for lunch. I decide what temperature it is in the car and what podcasts I'm listening to. And like, I was the boss of me. You're in charge, but sometimes that feels, that sounds like (laughs) I know. It's all my, all my uh, married friends are like, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Just give me one day, one day. (laughs) But after a while, you start to see the consequences of your decisions stack up Mm. and you start to see, oh, I, 
so I mean, I'm not even at that point, I was traveling nine months out of the year. So I wasn't even consistently plugged into a church or a community. Mm -hmm. So it was really just me in this trail, this wake of destruction. (laughs) So I, I started to see, oh my gosh, there's, I'm not, I have no one speaking into this. And maybe that's why things are going so poorly. Mm, That's like wisdom right there. And just like the Holy (laughs) Spirit. I mean, you know what I mean? Yes. It was the, the, the kindness of the Lord to reveal that to me because I am naturally so independent. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's this, there's a story that's kind of a, a story that my family tells of when I was five years old, my dad owns a Christian bookstore and has my whole life. And the woman who managed it at the time had this, um, story of me wanting this pencil that was five cents or something like that. And, and I bring the pencil up to my dad and I say, well, you get this for me. And he's like, you don't need that. And I, I just kind of defiantly put my hands on my hips, put it on the counter and put my hands on my hips and said, I'll buy it with my own money. (laughs) I don't don't need you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, it's just this preposterous, like I got, I got the, I don't need. Yeah. And I've always been so independent and that has been a great strength in a lot of the things that the Lord has called me to. But every one of the things that Matt has taught me is your, your greatest strength undisciplined is your greatest weakness. Mm -hmm. And so basically weakness is untrained strength. Hmm. And so, um, with that independence, if I don't discipline that and, and, learn how to submit that to what the Lord wants to do with that independence for his glory. My independence is not for me. My independence is for the kingdom. And so it has to be submitted to him under authority. And I mean, (laughs) it's not always easy. It's not like every time, you know, Matt or Lauren would say something to correct me or point out something, which they, they were always so great about it, but it wasn't always easy. There were times that I stood in tears at what they were saying. Uh Yeah, but it was beautiful. It was beneficial. I think that's so good. And I, when I think about you talking about being an independent person, I think a lot of times women can just um, what? How do I say this? They can yearn for that independence mm-hmm. um, in some areas of their life. And I love listening to you describe it because you're definitely not saying that you being an independent woman is ever a bad thing, right? Right. But, but you're just saying I, you needed to learn how to like put that under independence. Um, really under the authority of God and then also under authority of other people speaking in so mm-hmm. that your independence could be even more used for him. Absolutely. And, and it's much more of a blessing to me too. Right. I regret far less. <laughs> I yeah. Much, I have much more joy. Mm-hmm. The people who are a part of the ministry that I lead are blessed more because of that. And, you know, as I watch leaders who have either platforms that they they struck, they stroke strived for, or that they were just handed without working for it. Um, every single one of them, the downfall seems to be something related to them not being teachable, Mm. them not, um, responding to rebuke. And so it's just such a prayer of mine that, that I would, that the Lord would continue to give me a heart to be teachable like that, Mm -hmm. because I don't want to run this ministry into the ground. That's the last thing I want. Um, and that is, I think we're all, we all have that possibility of just being like, no, I want to hear it anymore. For sure. And so it's just, like our nature, <laughs> right? You know, it's what our flesh wants. Mm-hmm. That has um, been something that D group 
is the way that D group runs now has come via the suggestion of members and leaders who are, who say, Hey, I know you're doing it this way, but could, what if we did it this way? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times their ideas are better than mine. Yeah. So it's been easy to see the fruit of other people's suggestions and other people's voices in that. Mm-hmm. So that's good. When I, when I see that and I'm like, this blesses me and other people. Cool. I'm down for that. Yeah, Let's go for it. Um, okay. We keep talking about D group, but we haven't really talked about it. So <laughs> I want you to tell me what it is, but I want to hear more than just, you know, the answer of what it is. Um, cause I watched your video online, which was great. And so I know exactly what it is and we'll put a link to the video so everyone can see it as oh, well. Thanks. Is that a link everyone can watch or do you send it? To sure. Me? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Sure. I'll send it out. I'll put it in the show notes, but I want to know what D group is obviously, but I also want to know where, where this birth from, because <laughs> the idea of this intense Bible study, um, with a lot of what people would say, like rules and parameters around it, mm-hmm. um, I think it's scary for some people. <laughs> I'm sure it you're is. like, of course it is. I hear this every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's scary for people. But I want to hear where this was birthed and um, what it is. And then I just want to hear some stories of how amazing it's been. Oh, thanks. Um, it is kind of, I, I think it is scary because we are so used to less than. And it, we're, we're used to um, not Bible studies. I, I, most of my life was just, I would read Oswald Chambers in the morning. Uh-huh. And um, is that give I, me my daily bread? Um, or is that I something else? Would, yeah, uh-huh, I would do that uh, a lot of times. And um, occasionally I would do Spurgeon morning and evenings, mm-hmm. uh, mornings and evenings. But I had a devotional life. I did not have a life in the Word. I had half a page, five minutes, one verse, and I wasn't actually digging into the Bible. Which, where do you think this comes from? Because I think you're speaking of what a lot of us have either walked through a time like mm-hmm. this, or mm-hmm. it's our, your reality. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Why is this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was actually I was thinking about this yesterday. How did our culture get to this place mm-hmm. where that is what we think a walk with God looks like? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But I know when I... Um, when I was standing on stage and, and trying to basically explain the Bible to people when I hadn't read the Bible, mm. when I had only read devotionals, mm-hmm. it was real tough. It's Did you like feel the tension. I, I felt it a little bit, but I didn't feel it enough. Honestly, what, it did wasn't it feel just normal is my, was what I'm asking. Felt very normal. Yeah when somebody would ask me a question I didn't have an answer to that I knew that I should have an answer to not just like, Oh, this is one of those mysteries of God that no one knows. But (laughs) when they would be like, was it so-and-so who did this thing? And I'm like, Oh, I don't remember. (laughs) Is that old Testament or Uh new Testament? And I've been a Christian since I was four or five years old. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I was new and just hadn't had a chance to read the Bible. And then a a friend told me, um, he said, Terry Lee, you, (laughs) you need to basically keep your mouth shut on stage until you've read the whole Bible. Read it cover to cover, let your eyes fall on every word, and say very little on stage. When you're leading worship, say very little on stage unless you're quoting scripture. Hmm. And I was like, oh boy, <laughs> I've, been, I've probably been messing up in ways I didn't realize. You know? Did you take that as a good encouragement, or did you take that as mind your own business? Um, I took it as encouragement and rebuke. It did not, I had a a great relationship with this pastor who said this to me Yeah, and, um, he said it in, I probably delivered it more harshly than he actually did, but 
he was, he, he, and he spoke the life that was in it. He was just like, you, this is going to come off. I know it feels boring to you now, but it's because you haven't read it and you don't know how to read it. And so he encouraged me to read it chronologically. And he said, you can read your Bible in a year in 12 minutes a day, 12 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Okay. Wow. Okay. That's, a, that's the it. time you were spending on your devotions. Exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, in all reality. Yeah. But it's really, we all, I think, I think encountering the living God in the word that he has spoken to us is so uncomfortable. We don't know how to function in it. Um, it's kind of like meeting the president. You're like, oh, I'm, it's going to be great. But then you're like, oh, that was like, what did I say? I don't really know. What did he say? Like, uh-huh. that was awkward. I hope that never happens again. You yeah. know? Um, so the we all prefer to hear from God secondhand. We want to hear from Him in devotionals. We want to hear from Him in sermons. We want to hear from Him just anything except actually having to understand and read the Bible itself. Mm. I would prefer a secondhand relationship with God. I think is how most of us grow up. Yeah. Um, and so it was clunky at first, but I read through chronologically, and so I started understanding the meta narrative of Scripture in a way that I never had. And meanwhile, I'm listening to Matt Chandler podcast mm-hmm. and he's saying things that I'm just, I'm blown away by what he sees in scripture. And it gives me hope that I can see those things too. Mm. And I had just, that was transformative. And I actually really enjoyed the back half of numbers, which I didn't really expect to <laughs> enjoy anything in the, the first five books. The first in the five Bible. books, right. Right. <laughs> but I, I kept at it and things just came alive. And so uh, anyway, back to why I started D Group was this, this thing had started happening in me where things were coming off the page. And meanwhile, the Lord had, had moved me from New York City to this, this town in South Carolina that had this church that was exploding um, they were very evangelism driven. Mm-hmm. And so people are becoming Christians on a weekly basis. And so that means that a lot of what they taught from the stage was kind of a 101 level. Right. Because they were, it was kind of a seeker driven mm-hmm. environment there. And I had been growing in a way I'd never grown listening to Matt's sermons. And I was just like, I need something more than what I'm hearing from the stage. Mm-hmm. And I was a part of a home group, but it was basically a book club. So right. show up every other week if you want to. And we're going to either talk about the sermon that you heard on Sunday, you know, three or four days ago, or we're going to read a chapter of this random book mm-hmm. and talk about it. Or maybe and, not do either. Exactly. Mostly we would talk about dating a lot, right. you know? <laughs> it was a co-ed singles group. So like... Of course. You do the math. Yes. <laughs> so um, so that was not enough for me. I had tasted more and I wanted more. So here I was at this church, had been there a couple months. Barely anybody knew me, but I knew a couple pastors on staff. And so I went to them and I said, do you have anything that's deeper? And they said, we do not. And I said... I want to start something that's deeper. Do you know people who would want to join it? Because I don't really know anybody here. Mm -hmm. And one of the pastors sent me an email and said, hey, uh, I think these nine girls might be interested. And so I emailed those girls. These nine people I'd never met showed up a week later. I sat down with them and I said, here's my idea for this. What do you think? And I presented this thing that was like, we're going to memorize scripture together, like large chunks of scripture. We're going to confess our sins together and pray together every week. Um, we, like we meet with prayer partners. So you're confessing to one person, praying out loud for one person, having them pray for you. Because one of the things I discovered, especially with um, in churches that don't have a lot of depth at that point, was 
people had never prayed out loud. Mm. And they'd never felt the encouragement of being prayed for out loud. Yeah. So when you meet with a prayer partner and you're confessing your sin to them and they're confessing their sin to you, it's not as big of a deal to pray out loud in front of a person who just like told you all their junk. Right. You know? Yeah. So, so the, um, le- the playing field was just leveled. Like exactly. We can both and, do this. Right. And they're probably just as scared as you mm-hmm. are. So, um, so we, we, I said, we want to do that. We want to memorize scripture together. We're going to have daily Bible reading because most of us aren't going to be in the Bible if we don't have that. And we're going to do studies that aren't just topical because topical to me, topical hits right at that thing in me that could be a great thing, but is also kind of, I'm, I'm the most practical person in that I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My therapist, every time we meet, she's like, okay, let's talk about your pragmatism this week and how, <laughs> how we can work that out of you. It's a good thing in business. It is a bad thing in relationships. Right. You know? So I've been so practical in my relationship with the Lord. Like I need to stop being fearful. Let me do the study on fear. Right. And I didn't realize that if I read the Bible and learned the character of God and who he is and who is in charge, my fear would just flee. Hmm. So I kept trying to do all these practical studies and I realized like that's not the answer. So we started in D group. We're going to do exegetical studies. We're going to do theological studies and they're accessible. We just have never had to access them or tried to access them. Mm. We just prefer our five minute devotionals. So I said, this is going to be about the word. I mean, our core value, number one is scripture as roots. And then number two, community as fruit. That's our number two core value. Mm. So I told them, we aren't even here for each other. Like we're not here because we want to build community. Community happens best when you're on mission together. And if we're on mission to know the Lord, that's the best mission ever. We will build richer, deeper relationships than if we were here just because we liked each other. Because what happens with that is if the person you think is awesome pieces out, then you're done. Right. Now, did you say all this that first night? Uh, I said... I didn't say all of that the first night, but I said a lot of that the first night. And some of that developed over time. And they all stayed. They came back. They all came back. And then they invited their friends and their friends came. So we had nine and then we had 15 and we had 25. And then I'm like, we won't fit in the room anymore. And And every week y'all would say the scripture, confess, pray, all that. And and it just started going crazy. Yes. Oh, it's awesome, Tara. And so I was just, I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then one of the girls, so then I had to lead D group two nights a week. <laughs> and so that I was leading, you know, a Sunday night D group and a Monday night D group. And then one of those girls got to a town 30 minutes away. And she was like, hey, I, I could drive back, you know, half an hour every week to be in D group. But I know a lot of my friends in my, my new town would really like to have it there. I've been talking to them about it. Would you start one here? And I was like, nope, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a lot. I'm traveling for a living. I'm gone, you know, nine months out of the year. And um, I would try to make sure I was home met so that I could leave. I was like, I don't have time for that. And she just very plainly across salad at Jason's Deli one day just said, I'm going to pray God changes your mind. And I was like, Okay, well, good luck with that. Thank and then you. Two, months, two months later, I was leading a D group in that town. And so then oh I'm leading gosh. three D groups. And then... This is like when CrossFit takes off. You know when CrossFit started? <laughs> exactly. And then you've got these teachers. They're like, oh my gosh, we just started CrossFit. I'm teaching it five nights a week. This is you. <laughs> You're like the CrossFit of Bible study. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. And and then the way that the word was spreading and people were getting excited about it. And, and so 
Uh, oh, by the I, way, Tara, like, I, I expect to see that on your webpage really soon. <laughs> the CrossFit the of cross Bible, studies. Bible studies. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, so we, um, well, I realized I had to train new leaders uh-huh. because Cause you can't can, do it. Right. Yeah. And it's taking over my life and it was so good. But, um, and I realized I, I started it because I needed it mm-hmm. and other people needed it too. And I just didn't know. Yeah. So as it was growing, I was so encouraged, but then, you know, we had those stories of you asked for one of the stories. And one of my favorite stories is I had told them early on, you know, we're here for accountability. We're here to call each other out. We're here to watch each other's blind spots. One of our core values is lead with your junk. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you're going to be honest about where you are and there's going to, we set the expectations bar high, but we set the grace bar higher. Oh, so always you're going to get grace when you, when you struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something else I learned from Matt, like people who walk in repentance, get grace. Mm. Like that's, that's how you respond to people who are, are repenting. Mm-hmm. Um, you always give grace. So they're um, drinking from that fountain all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. So you don't you don't rebuke somebody who's repenting, right? <laughs> They're like they get it, uh-huh. and so um, so a few months in, there was this girl who had started showing up in the early days of D group. We didn't require members to be a Christian, uh-huh. and, and um, we do now because uh, just various reasons. But we had a lot of antagonists who came early on and who would just come and waste the whole two hours. They didn't want to learn anything. Their hearts were hard, and they just wanted to kind of be naysayers. And so it became a very, it wasn't a fruitful environment at all over time. Mm -hmm. But I had this one girl who every week she would show up and she didn't have her work done and she would never speak up, which we ask everybody. We're like, we believe everybody has something to contribute. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to get up here and and teach. We're all going to share, you know? And she would take smoke breaks during, (laughs) during the, uh, Mm -hmm. During a D group, should take a two hour D group, should take two smoke breaks. And it's a stressful night, it sounds like. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes. And I'm just like, why, does, why is this girl here? Why does she even keep coming? Like, is she even a Christian? I don't know, you know? Yeah. And <clears throat> one night, about, I don't know, maybe six months into D group, I get a call from her and she was like, hey, do you have a minute? Can we talk? I said, sure. She said, um, so you say XYZ about your life, but then I've seen you do ABC. Can you just explain that to me? And I was like, oh my gosh, I just got called out by smoke break. Wow. Like, this yeah. just, like this girl just really, she's been watching my life and she's holding my feet to the fire on this. Huh. And it was so awesome. I said, you are exactly right. You nailed it. I have not been doing what I said I do. And Thank you for noticing. Thank you for, it took so much courage to call me out. Yeah. And thank you for that. Like, I'm going to confess this. And I want you to, and uh, within a year, this girl is my accountability partner. Mm. Of all the people who, and, she, and the way that the Lord has transformed her life. So what she needed to see was somebody actually living what they said. And so she was watching me like a hawk. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to believe it was real. And she finally got to see that it, that it was real. Hmm. And um, I would say she was a Christian when she joined, but the Lord, it was, she was a baby Christian and the Lord had done such a work in her. But I just saw this woman who um, 
she just became an oak mm. uh, of righteousness, yeah. a planting for the Lord's glory. And it was beautiful. So I got to see for, I got to witness firsthand this fruit that I had never really seen before in her life, in my own life. And when, like I, like I said, I spent all of my adult life before traveling. So when you travel as a speaker and a worship leader, any kind of itinerant ministry like that, you just kind of cast out seed and you never know what happens to right. it. Mm-hmm. And with D group, I got to see fruit mm. for the first time ever. And it was so fulfilling. It just brought me so much joy. And I began to pray that God would allow this to be my full-time thing. Mm. And it took about five years before it became my full-time thing. And then that was when I was able to curtail speaking and, and traveling. And, uh, and, it, and now we have a staff of three and 20 interns. And, um, in fact, one of my staff members, Lexi, she just, she, as soon as you started doing a podcast, she started talking you up. She was like, Oh my gosh, you gotta listen to this podcast. Like anytime you travel, you've got to hear this. And I was like, she later, she would check in like a day later and be like, have you listened to Jamie Ivy yet? Oh my gosh. Thank <laughs> okay, you, Lexi. Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> so she, uh, she's the way that I first heard about you. Even uh. before- Lauren started talking up. Lexi was like, Jamie Ivy, you've got to hear a podcast. The happy hour is best. I listen to it every day when I run. And so <laughs> that's awesome. Hey guys, I hate interrupting the conversation, but I want to thank one of our sponsors and that is Sacred Holidays and their new advent journal that they have coming out. Do you ever feel like you struggle to know who God is? Like you know him, but you want to know him more. This Advent, the Sacred Holiday Studies are breaking apart 25 attributes or characteristics of God. This Christmas is not just about a baby in a manger, but it is learning about who that baby represents. Advent, which are the days leading up to Christmas, Sacred Holidays has released He Is, the Attributes of God. There is one for women, one for families, men, and even teenage girls as well. Each day will be a different attribute of God, but each study will focus on the same attribute each day, but have unique content allowing families, churches, and communities to do the study together. So you could do one, your husband can do one, you could do one as a family, your teen daughter can do one. Also, here's one of my favorite parts about what Sacred Holidays is doing is they give 10% of their profits to provide Advent studies for women in prison. So you can order the study at sacredholidays.com and use the promo code HAPPYHOUR to get 10% off your total order. And this is super dear to my heart because you guys know if you've been listening for a while, you know that I volunteer at my local jail and my ladies at my jail are going to benefit from this. So thank you ahead of time for purchasing one of these Advent studies because uh, it's going to benefit my girls that I get to see every week. Okay, here is the rest of my conversation with Tara Lee. And you said four continents. Is that, did I hear you say that earlier today? Four continents That's and crazy. men's groups now too, men's groups and women's D groups. Um, and we also have been, the Lord has opened up all these doors with D group on military bases. Mm. So it's so cool, Jamie, because the, like the wives will do it on base and then their husbands on deployment are doing D group on deployment. Oh my gosh, so that, that just gave me they, chills. So that the husbands and the wives who normally are torn apart by that distance don't feel like they have anything in common anymore. They're both in such dark places. The husbands, you know, sometimes they come home and they're like a different man. And and I I recognize that it's not always the husbands on deployment, that sometimes it's the wives on deployment. That's a very real scenario. Yes. But so far what we've experienced in D group is wives on base, husbands on deployment. Um, 
they have something that builds them up, that fortifies them for the the things that they're about to encounter so that they aren't as shaken by that. Mm. Um, and that keeps them connected to their spouses while they're deployed. It keeps them connected to the word and the Lord when they can't go to a local church. And it's, it's incredible that I, I had no vision for that. This was not my idea. Right. <laughs> I just wanted people to read the Bible with. Yeah. And had no idea that the Lord was going to be doing that all over the world. That's so amazing. I mean, I just listened to it. And this is, I think that the discipline of being in God's word is probably one of the, one of the like top disciplines for Christ followers. And when you say that out loud, I think that sounds really like this should not be that way, right? Like Uh it shouldn't be that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, I went through an intense discipleship program at our church and I did it. And I was excited about it, but I also was like the worst student ever and had a really bad attitude. And um, and I'm a pastor's wife. Like, I'm sure I was just like model student, you know? I kind of mm-hmm. came in with like the middle finger up a lot. Like, not really. But in my heart, I was just like, oh, I don't have time for this. But what I really felt in my heart was um, all, knowing so much about the Word of God. And, and really, when I tell the story, I'm really talking about like knowing the theology. Mm. I felt as though I didn't need that. Because I knew the basics and I was mothering and doing my thing. And my husband's a pastor. Like, if I have a question, I'll just Mm -hmm. ask him. I think he even (laughs) has a degree in, like, Christianity or something. You know what I mean? I just had this thought of, I don't need this that much. Mm -hmm. And for me, in that that discipleship program that I went through, God totally wrecked my world with all of those preconceived notions that I have. Um, And I realized that... Knowing character, like you said earlier, knowing his character um, on certain things has literally changed my world. Um, And it is for sure preparing me to walk ahead in a road of where I know without a doubt that I'm going to walk through suffering because Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of the, you know, when Um, and even suffering I've already endured. Like, I feel like that actually planting my feet on the word of God and knowing those truths and believing them. Um, is life changing. Mm. Um, and so I know that you went through something really tragic this year. You lost your sister in January. Yes. How do you feel as though you diving into D group five years ago, creating this really saying, Hey, I'm looking for something. And then you feeling like the more I know God, the more I don't need to study a topical study on fear because I know his character or I don't (laughs) need to study a topical fear on, you know, I'm scared of my sister dying or whatever. Well, how has that right. changed you when you walk through this this past year? Man, it's, that is a great question. And I think one of the things that I have seen the Lord do, it was until I came to an understanding more of who God is um, a couple of years ago when I went through, a, a I actually wrote a, a memoir called, uh, it's a memoir on the attributes of God. It's called Kiss the Wave. And I, I articulated different aspects of his character and I sort of pulled apart who God was and looked at each thing differently because I'd found myself referring to things about God in sort of a general sense and not really, they didn't mean anything. It would be, I remember Matt gave gave an analogy one time of what if he said about Lauren, um, my wife is so beautiful. I just, she's so beautiful. I love her long brown hair. Well, Lauren has blonde hair, mm-hmm. uh, and now she has pink tips on the bottoms, too. <laughs> I saw but, uh, them. They look awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. She can never not look awesome. Right. Um, but, 
and I love her, her olive skin and she doesn't have olive skin and mm-hmm. just kind of praise things that are lovely, but things that aren't pertaining to her. Mm. And so like we say these things to, about God, like, um, one of the examples that I used was, um, when God healed my sister of brain cancer the first time before, before she passed away three years later, people would say, God is so faithful. And I realized when I was praising him for his faithfulness, like God never promised me to heal my sister. Faithfulness is when you keep your word. Mm-hmm. And he didn't promise that he was going to, this was generous. Mm-hmm. This was him doing above and beyond what he has, has promised. And so I started praising him for his generosity. Like you didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing specific traits and, and not just praising him in a very like kind of vague, like, oh, he's so faithful, mm-hmm. but like naming what the thing is. And it would be similar to the, the analogy with, with what Matt said about Lauren, or just if not, we don't want to know those things about him. It would be kind of like, Jamie, I really want to get to know you and spend, spend time with you. You're really important. Please don't tell me anything about your life or who you are. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about your past or your preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I began to treat God like a treasure hunt, when I began to want to discover more of his attributes, it just, it was, it was, he created that desire in me that I responded to. And he knew that I was going to need it years down the road. Mm. He knew that by, by me studying his word and understanding his character and, and writing a book about it and doing all these things that I was, I was stacking up. I was storing the truth about him that I was going to need when the bottom fell out. Mm. And it was so generous of him to just kind of give me all of those provisions for when the storm hit. And I think most of us only want enough of God to get us through today. And we don't realize that if we aren't actually learning who he is, when things are shaken, Mm. you need to be able to have those scriptures in your heart and in your mind stored up because then you don't get shaken. Then Mm. you're planted on the rock. Mm -hmm. And matters enough that he says, build your house on me. Yeah. And I love, I love that you brought that up. And I love that, um, you know, we, we know where none of us, I think if you're an adult person, you recognize that the storm is coming for you. Mm -hmm. And I think what I, what I always missed about that parable was that both of those people get the storm, but also both of those people spend their time and money and hope building on something. Mm -hmm. Somebody is building on sand and they think it's going to last and they're, they're picking out appliances and they're like, you know, designing the layout of the house and they're getting really excited and they're having friends open for the open house party. And, and then it crumbles and they've spent all this time and money and hope investing in something. And I feel like that is, that is the plight of the modern day Christian is we have so many things to distract us, so many things to invest our life in that it's just easy to forget what life is really about. Mm. And I mean, I have, I have women in D group. I have one woman who we D group for whatever reason is, has permeated some of the most masculine cultures in the world, like the military and the NFL. And Mm -hmm. it's very bizarre. So I have this NFL wife who um, has all of these events and all of these things. And just, you know, I've got to, I've got to be at this thing and I've got to like, there's all these expectations for her to look a certain way and live a certain way and own a certain bag and all this stuff. And she said, I've just gotten to the point where I realized like, that's not what my life is about. Mm. My life is about being in the word, knowing the Lord, imaging him to the people that I meet. And when I remember that things go so much better. Mm -hmm. 
And when I don't, everything gets shaken and I'm, I'm full of anxiety. Like, am I wearing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Am I saying the right thing? How is this presented? And just all of these, all of these anxieties that life can heap on us when we, when our house is on sand and you, you feel the foundation shifting and you're like, yeah. gosh, like, oh, that painting's kind of sideways today, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. You recognize that your life isn't built on something and you're, then you have to strive to kind of like nail everything down. Yeah. And we just, I think we don't realize what life is about. And Matt says all the time, I'm sorry, I keep quoting Matt. I just don't want to try to pretend like these are my ideas. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be like, oh, nice way to steal my. Exactly. Um, But he's, he says, you know, 200,000 years from now, is it going to matter? What is going to matter 200,000 years from now? Mm -hmm. What are the eternal things? Those are the things that can't be shaken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, It's so good. I remember Gloria Furman was on here last year and she said something I'll never forget. She said, um, talked about looking through, looking at life through the, through the lens of eternity, Mm. that everything, and she quoted whoever said it, I can't remember. Um, but everything that you look at, you look at through the lens of eternity. Um, and you're right. It changes everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And even, you know, one of the, one of the things that is a struggle for, I I minister to a lot of singles and I am a single person and I see so much of, um, not the lens of eternity with, with marriage or ministry or anything. It's just, I just want to get married. That kind of, that kind of thing. Um, I just want to have kids and God's mean if he doesn't give that to me. And, um, or even the opposite of like, this is a good desire. So I know God's going to say yes to this. And it's like, Nope, that's not, Mm. you know, that's not how it works. Um, and um, even remembering that Jesus in the garden said, not my will, but yours be done. Like he asked for something and, and the father said, no, mm-hmm. like Jesus got a no mm-hmm. to a prayer that he prayed. Yeah. And, and Jesus submitted that because he had that lens of eternity. Yeah. He, that's that he was looking long-term and mm-hmm. he wasn't just being myopic about his current situation and his current struggle. And, so as, as a single person who ministers to a lot of single, we have loads of married people in D group. I mean, we have people 18 to 85. We have single, married, divorced, widowed, all the above in D group. And, um, but a lot of who I minister to personally are single people. And it just seems to be this tension point that if God doesn't come through for me on this, then he's not good. Mm. And it is a real battle to shift, yeah. to shift that. But that, it, it only, I really believe it only comes through knowing who God is mm. and knowing that he is good and that your life is about him and, and your life will be more filled with joy if you open your hand. Mm. And it goes so, back to what you said about your sister. Like if you're looking at someone who's single and let's say, Terry, you meet someone today and then you get married in December and people would be like, man, God was so faithful. <laughs> right. Right. Like, you know, like yeah. this is, I, I'm you really loving. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, I get, um, like one of the things that comforts me in singleness is remembering that my singleness right now is God's greatest kindness to me. Mm -hmm. It is his, it is not a subpar Mm -hmm. place to be, Mm -hmm. um, spiritually or personally or anything that it is his greatest kindness to me that I'm not married yet. Now, do I hope that someday he will bring me a big side man who, you know, loves the Lord. And, um, I, that's, that's my favorite thing. Uh Big thighs. Yes, (laughs) I hope so. Um, but if he doesn't, he's no less good. 
his greatest kindness right. is sometimes a no. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things, whenever Matt did this um, sermon series on uh, men and women and our design, and it's called a beautiful design. And he talked about how um, if you're single, there's, you have no less to offer in eternity mm-hmm. and no less to offer in life right now either. Yeah. And he said in the Old Testament, the blessing was children. And in the New Testament, the blessing is disciples. Mm. That that is the sign of the blessing in the New Testament, that you are bearing fruit is that you're making disciples. And one of the ways you can make disciples is through having children and raising them up and making, you know, those kinds of disciples. Mm-hmm. But I'm not limited by my lack of marriage. I can't serve the kingdom any less. And right. God best designed my life to serve his kingdom best right now through singleness. Mm-hmm. So thumbs up. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. You're on board with God's kindness to you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's so good. I remember when my friend Jaleesa was on here and we talked about singleness a lot. Um, and she said, she said, you're going to probably be able to relate to this. She's like, I am tired of people trying to fix me (laughs) and say that my life will be complete Mm -hmm. once I get married. Uh And and by people, she means like people in the church, (laughs) you know, like it's almost like you have this disease and then finally you get married and then, oh, okay, you're good now. (laughs) Yeah. They don't know what to do with you. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but again, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be thinking about this forever, Charlie, is like changing that mindset of um, the goodness of God, like, you know, like the graciousness and the goodness and the generosity of him. Mm-hmm. Would it, It's not it's, it's not a promise that, that you're going to get married. Right. Yeah. And I think that when people hear that, when I say that to single people and I try to say it really gently, they feel discouraged, mm-hmm. which is the natural response. But my hope is that what that might save them from is a misunderstanding. They, they've just misunderstood God's character, mm-hmm. that, and, and which comes from not spending time in the Word or you know, listening to these quips from bad, bad exactly. theological teachers yep. or mm-hmm. you know, coffee cup verses or whatever. Um, and I'm hopeful that there's going to be a, there's going to be a point in their life where if they don't get married, they're going to feel like God was un, unfaithful mm. because they've, they've heard things like God is so faithful. And, and they've, they've had this idea that he's going to deliver on that or he is like, he has to deliver on that basically. Yeah. And so there's going to be a point where they get really lonely and God hasn't delivered yet. And they're going to despair and turn their back on the Lord mm. potentially if they don't understand what his word says and who he is and that he's actually being really kind. Mm-hmm. And so my hope is just saving them from um, the dark night of the soul where they walk away from the faith or um, really, really struggle and get angry with the Lord in the way that I previously have. And, and no, it's not fun, you know? Yeah. Well, I uh, think even that misunderstanding of God's faithfulness, we could talk about that in 85 scenarios over an mm-hmm. hour. I mean, misunderstanding of my child is sick. Surely God will be faithful and heal him mm-hmm. um, or, you know, about being single or yeah. I'm going to get this job or whatever it would be mean. It would be us putting on that. If what I want happens, then God, you proved yourself to be faithful. And right. We just set ourselves up to be greatly disappointed uh-huh. when your child dies or your yeah. husband gets cancer or you mm-hmm. lose your job, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I think. That comes from, like you've said over and over again, and this is something I've learned the hard way, is just truly understanding God's character um, and the truth of his word without just hearing it in the verse at the top of the devotional page. Right. Yeah. (laughs) 
I mean, those are, I feel like we should say like, those are great entry points, I think for sure, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, but God does really want us to know his word. Right. Yeah. And even, I mean, a couple of my, the the things that I didn't discover until I read through the Bible, um, the, there are just so many verses that we pull out of context to make them mean what we want them to mean. Uh And unless we read the context, we don't understand it. That's why I think that's one of the dangers of devotionals is they pull out one verse and build a thing around it, you know? Mm -hmm. And the de- delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Awesome. Well, you know, it's like if your if your delight is in the Lord, he is the desire of your heart. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I actually think what that verse means is if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will put the right desires in you. Mm. He will give you the desire for the right things. But doesn't it just sound better, Tara Lee? To think? <laughs> <laughs> if I, you know what I'm saying? That's where we get like confused. Like surely God wants me to have what I want because he's yeah. a good God, right? I mean, that's. That's what people's mindset goes to. And you're right. It's when you don't know that the whole context, um, on my letter jacket from high school on the back says Philippians 413. No girl, you know, you can do all things through Christ, like run track. Right. Yeah. I didn't know about like content in all circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody gave me a, um, a thing that had the, uh, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still the Exodus 14, 14. Mm -hmm. If you read to the next verse, it actually, God tells Moses, why do you cry out for me? Tell the people to move forward. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, no. Well, I mean, it is true. The Lord does fight for you, but that's not in that verse. Right. That verse is, God rebukes Moses for telling the people that. He's like, tell them to move forward. Don't tell them to stand still. Move forward. Context. And <laughs> Exactly. So just, these are things I never learned until I read the Bible. And then you just feel, and that's probably why my friend said to me, Say very little on stage. Unless you're Close your mouth. <laughs> exactly. Unless you are quoting scripture, and then exactly. don't give any commentary. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, I mean, it's just, Jamie. I love the Bible. Mm. I just, I love it. It brings me so much joy, and I never thought it could be that way. Like there were just times when I just wanted to want to read the Bible when I didn't really want to read it. I'm just like, I want to want to read it, but I don't. And then I got to the place where, like, I wanted to read it. And now I get to the place where, like, I have to have it. Mm -hmm. I just love it. Mm -hmm. It's my spiritual food. Mm. Which is what it says that it is. Yeah. It's so good. Terry, I love, I have loved our conversation so much. Um, And I know that it's going to be such an encouragement to people listening. Um, It's an encouragement to me um, listening and chatting with you. And Mm -hmm. I just, I want to meet you in person. (laughs) <laughs> Likewise. I mean, Likewise. next time up, up where you guys are, we're going to have to have coffee. Me, uh, you, and Lauren. Please. And then yeah. come to Austin. Because Austin's the coolest. But um, Say that. I might book a tour in Austin just to come meet come you. On, you know? Come on. <laughs> have a history of that. I don't have an extra room for you to live in, but you can still come. Um, no. Okay. So I want to know what three things you're loving. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, I love serial killer documentaries. <laughs> Right after I just said I love the Bible, I said I love serial killer documentaries. <laughs> but okay. I just finished watching OJ Made in America. Okay. And I know OJ's not a serial killer uh, that, that we know of, um, but that was a fascinating documentary on. I mean, I just, I think one thing that I'm intrigued by is power gone wrong. Mm. What can happen to power when. Maybe they should have prayed for that authority like you exactly, did. Right? Exactly. Right? So I really, I could not wait to talk to my friends about OJ Made in America. If they'd seen it, what they thought about it. So where'd you, you watch Netflix. it on did you Netflix? Have, Netflix. Okay. Now <laughs> I did watch the OJ um, 
the one with Ross from Friends. Yes. <laughs> I, I can't remember the name of it either. I don't have TV, so I I, uh, I did not have access to whatever channel that was on. We bought uh, it on iTunes. Oh, I can buy it? Yeah. I mean, if you want to spend your money that way. Yes, like we do. I do want to spend my money that way. <laughs> yeah, so we bought it and watched it all, and it was really good. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm okay, so so, but I'm going to have to watch this because I do like documentaries and stuff. This is a five-part documentary, okay, and okay. there's a little a little nudity and a lot of language, but okay, um, it's okay. really good. And um, I also Did love, you listen to Serial, by the way? I did listen to Serial. Okay. We don't yeah. know that he's a serial killer either, but I you know, know what I mean? All right. <laughs> um, Do you think I, he's guilty? Oh, I, I kind of don't think he is. I, I, I mean, yeah. I definitely don't think he should be in jail. That's where I keep landing. Yeah. The, um, yeah, because I feel like there's not enough to prove he's That's guilty. That's what I felt like. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I don't think that they proved any, uh, and just like, he just had a lot of things Agreed. against him. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and I love, I hope this, this is a little TMI. I love, do you know about the squatty potty? <laughs> I don't, but there's nothing TMI about the happy hour. That's what I'm going to tell you. First of all, <laughs> you need to, after we're done talking, go Google squatty potty unicorn video. And it'll take you to a YouTube commercial that is like uh, just a little bit inappropriate, but really funny about the squatty potty. It is this, um, this little plastic thing that goes under the base of your toilet seat that you pull out to put your feet on so that it kind of puts you in a squatting position Uh and it gives you a cleaner poo. (laughs) Are you serious? serious it's amazing one of my friends uh got me a travel squatty potty because i'm about to i leave tomorrow for three weeks abroad and um she was like i got you an inflatable squatty potty for the trip wait so in your bathroom you have a squatty potty yes now now i don't have a different type of toilet it is just this is a plastic Uh footstool that slides (laughs) up under the toilet bowl and then Uh you pull it out when you sit down on the tool on the tool when you sit down on on the um on the bowl, you pull this little stool out and put your feet on it. Because apparently, if you think about it, <laughs> back in the Garden of Eden, Adam yeah, and Eve. Yeah, they squatted. Right. And it's kind Are of. Are you how kidding? Stuff. A couple of weeks ago, I squatted in Ethiopia. Like, people still do this. <laughs> exactly. All over the world. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And it works better for your body. Like it actually to to try to to try to poo in a uh-huh. seated position, it kind of pinches some of your intestinal something. I don't know. The video oh will show gosh, you. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And so it's fantastic. What does so, this run you? What'd you pay for this squatty potty? It was like 20 bucks on Amazon. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's so great. And my friend bought the inflatable travel squatty potty <laughs> for me at Bed Bath and Beyond. So if you've got one of those 20% off coupons lying around, go for you know, it. Exactly. Okay, that's the best. I'm going to squatty Google potty. that as soon as we get off this call. <laughs> yes. And I'll probably have one installed in all of our toilets by next. Well, Amazon Prime, they'll be here by Saturday. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then also I got, so I, I hate, I don't, when I was thinking through what these things were, I didn't want them to all be things that cost money, um, but they just all were things that cost money. And, um, but this one is actually intended to save you money. If okay. you, right. So, um, you know how everybody's kind of addicted to LaCroix right now, sparkling water, yes. drinking it all I over. I love the- it. Yes. So I did the math on how much I was spending on LaCroix on a weekly basis. Okay. Can I stop you real quick? Uh-huh. My children also drink them. So we're talking about six people drinking them on a weekly basis. So do okay. that math. Right. Okay. I, I wow. think I'm going to need whatever you're about to tell me about. <laughs> and can I just pause you and say, I'm, I'm obsessed with your children. Uh, they have won my heart. Oh, uh, they're cuties. 
they're precious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, they don't so, always win my heart. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I, you were telling a story about, um, one of your sons swimming in one of your podcasts and how you, you prayed over him and then he, he swam uh-huh. and I was weeping. Aww. I was just like, the Lord, he's so nice. I love it. Um, so anyway, um, so what I got that's going to save you and your, your children lots of inheritance money uh-huh. is I, I just got a soda stream. And what I do is I put a drop after I make the, after I use the soda stream to take my water and make it fizzy water mm-hmm. and I pour it into the glass, I put a drop of essential oil in it. So I, I do peppermint, lemon, uh, lime, Ooh. tangerine. I even make a little lemon lime one, uh, and I, you can just make any number of flavors with your essential oil and your soda stream and it saves me so much money. And I even take the canister into Bed Bath & Beyond with my 20% off coupon and when you exchange the canister, you get it back cheaper and then you use your 20% off coupon and it's even cheaper. Okay, what's the canister? What do I have to take in? You take the little CO2 canister. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. So the thing that makes the fizzy into the water. You, once that's out, you'll know because it will stop working. Uh-huh. And then you take your, your canister in and you exchange it for a new canister. So they, so they like recycle the old one. Yeah. And you get it for, I think, half price if you exchange it instead of buy a new one. And how many drinks will that give you, that canister? Well, I don't uh, – How long will it last you? So for me, it lasted about three months, I think. Okay. And I drink a lot of water, <laughs> um, but it also depends on, I guess, what size canister you get, what uh-huh. size soda stream you get. So just, you know, do the math for you and your family. Hey, this but might be I just was... what we need. <laughs> the, now the flavors are going to be a little different than yeah, for whatever sure. LaCroix you're buying. Uh-huh. But if you have essential oil, that is the kind that you can digest, uh-huh. um, then have a ball with figuring out what flavors and the kids can even, I mean, I had, I had the Chandler's uh, kids over here one day and was they just loved like, Oh, I want to try the tangerine. Uh-huh. Oh, let's, try, Let's it. try it all. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's awesome. I have a girlfriend who they have a really fancy fridge mm-hmm. and you can pick to have regular water or carbonated water. No, you can't. Are you yes, sure? You can't. What? It's, it's the best thing ever. Oh, can you even imagine? Uh, that is incredible. So it's like what you just described inside their fridge oh my word that's that's amazing i know i know <laughs> amazing amazing i would never leave my home no no okay what are you reading i right now i'm in ezekiel and so i did i do chronological bible every year now uh-huh. it's like my thing and so right now i'm in ezekiel and um that is uh is i'm so glad i'm not ezekiel i just want to say that mm-hmm. like it is, he's a tough, Tim and Job are the two people in the Bible I would not want to be. Right. Um, <laughs> Who would you want to be? Oh, um, that's a good question. Oh, I, whoever, some people who get beheaded. Those are the people I want to be. I want to be the people who get beheaded. Okay. Um, <laughs> because like, it's just what a way to go, right? Is, and know? a special thing. I mean, yes. yeah, exactly. God says, yes. Um, yeah. So, um, I'm reading that, and uh, I'm reading the new Jim Crow. Oh, uh, it's on my it, list. Yeah, it's really eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want to be. I have a really hard time reading fiction. Mm-hmm. So the same with things I watch. I, I have, that's why I like to watch documentaries. I like to watch true things. I like to read true things. So um, I'm always trying to read things that help me understand the truth better. Uh huh. And um, 
I've just, you know, one of the things we've, we've had happen in D group is just, there's been such a, uh, a lot of diversity that's come our way mm-hmm. and we've loved it and we're trying to increase that diversity. And so part of that means me increasing my understanding of what different people's lives are like, yeah. mm-hmm. um, from people who are stateside, who are different cultures to people who are in other countries who are different cultures. For sure. Yeah. So I'm just trying to increase my knowledge, um, because my love increases when my knowledge increases for the Lord, for people all the above. Love it. So knowledge feeds the love. That's what I think. Good so. stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Tara Lee, this has been just the brightest spot in my day. Oh, likewise, Jamie. So you, fun chatting with you. You are a delight. Oh, you're sweet. And you're sweet. I th- just, can I just thank you for this podcast? It yeah. is like just since I've been listening to it, um, even before I listened to it, I recognized what a difference it was making in the hearts of women and, um, how much even my, my staff member, Lexi was encouraged by it. Um, and so many people, I just, your reach and the way that you point people to the truth and the way that you encourage people, it reminds me of my mom always taught me to, she said, treat people like a treasure hunt. And you, that's what you do on this show. You unearth things in people that blesses other people who relate to that. And it, its impact is just, it's like a pebble mm-hmm. a, a, you throw into a pond and it just has all these, these rings that continued. So you just, your reach is expanding with encouragement and pointing people to the Lord and pointing people to the eternal things. And there are going to be days when you want to quit this and, and unless the Lord tells you to quit this, please press on in those uh. tough days because it makes such a difference. This is where the eternal stuff is coming into focus for people in a way that they maybe haven't connected to elsewhere. Wow. So sweet. I did not, was, wasn't fishing for compliments when I said no, this was such I a bright know. spot in my day, but that, that was so kind of you and much needed on a day like today. So thank you so much. Lord, my pleasure. Love. I love doing the happy hour. Um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I really do love um, the opportunity to encourage women. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to do. And I also love um, giving other people opportunities to encourage women. And so mm-hmm. I think we do that here on the show. And it's something I'm very proud of. So you do love in the happy hour. And I am so thankful um, that you spent an hour with us today. And so I'm going to link to everything we talked about. And before the show airs, I probably will have read your book, Kiss the Way that you sent me. And I can't wait mm-hmm. to dive into that. Um, I love the concept that you chose um, behind Thanks. that book. And so I think it'll be life-giving to me and to all the women that get their hands on it. So, Tara And I think we even sent you a copy for giveaway if you want. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. We will figure something out about that. Thank you for joining me. Have a great trip. By the time this airs, you'll be back. And I'd love to hear how it went and everything and um, all that kind of stuff. So thanks for joining me on the happy hour. Thank you, Jamie. Have a great day. Okay, guys, I loved talking with Tara Lee. And what you may not know, she mentioned it here, but she actually had open heart surgery, like for real. Um, And so go follow her on social media. Send her a note of encouragement. Tell her thank you for being on the show. I loved having her on. I love the way that she has this passion for God's word that has literally overflowed into every area of her life. Um, I'm also so thankful for her recovery. And so it's been it's been fun since we chatted to follow her to Israel and then follow her recovery through this surgery. Guys, I want to thank you for listening so much. I, you are the reason that we do the happy hour is for you as a listener. And so every single week I hear from people telling me why they love the show. And let me just tell you, it is an honor. I get the emails um, 
and my assistant sends them to me and I read every single email. There's not an email that comes to me that I don't read. So thank you so, so much. It is an honor um, to be a part of your life every single week. Guys, today's show was edited by Logan Garza and the music is from Jason Poe. Next week, my guest is Sarah Rodriguez and goodness gracious, does she have a story to tell? In fact, the funny part about our conversation is that she's been through so much more that we didn't even get through in our hour. We talk about the struggle that she walked through with her husband, but then there was this struggle on top of that, that she walked through with her daughter that we did not even touch. But we talked about her walking through cancer with her husband and having small children. Guys, you're going to be encouraged and inspired by her journey. The night before I interviewed her, I literally devoured her book. I couldn't stop reading it. And you're going to love hearing our conversation. So be sure and tell your girlfriends to tune in next week while I talk to Sarah Rodriguez. Guys, enjoy your week. It's almost the end of October. I cannot even believe it. Next week is Halloween, and then we start November, and Thanksgiving is my absolute favorite holiday, and we have our Christmas show that's coming up in a couple weeks that I'm excited about. Uh, So guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I will see you next week for my episode with Sarah Rodriguez.